I find that bringing women together in circle is one of the most powerful things that we can do to activate each other and to get inspired and ignited by what we're here to do uniquely as individuals too. I am an empowerment coach. I am here to empower you to create the life that you want to live. to your intuition, to quit your slave job, to be brave enough to figure out how to serve your sacred purpose. Welcome everybody. Welcome to the Silver Lake Priestess podcast. I'm Jamie Black and I'm here today interviewing Lila Zimmerman. Welcome Lila. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Oh, you're so welcome. So I met Lila a few weeks ago, um, the same place that I met Spirit, and I went to a cacao and sound activation ceremony, um, someplace out in the mountains in San Diego, and it was the first time that I've met both of these sisters in person, and it was awesome. I needed to get out of the city so bad, and it was just awesome, very sweet circle where we experienced cacao and Lila led the cacao and she played music for us and we did singing and screaming and painting and it was so awesome. So I wanted to bring you on and share the work that you're doing in the world and the work that you're doing with women. So thanks for coming. Yeah, yeah. there's so much, so much here, especially in the rise of the divine feminine and I find that bringing women together in circle is one of the most powerful things that we can do to activate each other and to get inspired and ignited by what we're here to do uniquely as individuals too. I agree with that. And it's my favorite thing. It's just <laughs> really, it's a place where you can just show up and let go. So it's wonderful if you're the one that's leading the circle because then you get to be in circle and you're sharing all of these wonderful things that you've learned from being in circle with other women. But also it's really awesome at whatever stage you are with this, if you're leading your own circles or if you've not yet or if you've never been, just to show up in circle and just let go. You don't have to be right. anything other than just who you are and just your presence and exactly whatever it is that you're going through right at that moment. It is exactly what exactly what you meant are meant to be offering in the circle and so it's just yeah it's my favorite place to be and it's the yeah and vulner vulnerability I think is such a key word in these spaces and I always like to say that if one person opens up to their vulnerability it encourage it encourages everyone else to do the same and it's just this ripple domino effect and then we realize that we all have such similar experiences Mm -hmm. So let's talk about cacao first. So um, many of us that have been going to Circle have had the experience now of getting to, to be with cacao, but also for everyone who hasn't got to do that yet, it's a very powerful experience. Mm -hmm. And so um, I actually watched some of your videos of making your cacao and doing your own cacao ceremony in your home every day. So I, and I know that you have gone and and trained with some masters and really learned how to offer the sacred ceremony. So tell us a little bit about cacao. What is a cacao ceremony? 
Yeah. Let me start with the basics because even some people don't even know what cacao is. So cacao is the fruit that chocolate comes from. It's raw cacao and it grows on trees in the tropics. And I'm actually on the island of Kauai right now and it grows here. So I've had, I've gotten to get some cacao, which is exciting because it doesn't grow in San Diego where I live. And basically cacao ceremonies are to get, to get to the process of drinking cacao, you take the beans out of the pods and then you roast them and then you turn them into ceremonial cacao, which has a lot of medicinal properties, high in antioxidants, really high in magnesium, which is important for women's health. And it releases serotonin in the body. So we can receive this medicine and feel this heart opening effect, this relaxation effect, and also this energizing effect without getting the coffee jitters or like a caffeine rush, but more so a very present grounded medicine that allows us to share and circle and I was recently in Costa Rica where I, I learned how to really serve the cacao and honor it as a spirit because these plant medicines are, they have energies of their own. And it was a process of meditating with cacao in my own personal practice and learning rituals before sharing it. And it's still a part of my personal practice in, in a very big way. Mm. Um, beautiful. I, I love this, um, how so many people are really sharing consciously with medicine in these times. Because at first it's just like, okay, it's some kind of like hot chocolate, but it's not. It's an entirely <laughs> yeah. different experience. And also just in ceremony of drinking cacao, sometimes you're having the experience for the very first time of just honoring what is in your cup. Closing your eyes, looking into it, maybe closing your eyes, breathing it in, then feeling it as it is going in and down your throat and into mm-hmm. your into your system and the feeling how it is affecting you. We just we take everything in so fast. It's just you right. know, really honoring even the food that we're eating as being medicine and all of that. So yeah, and I think that cacao specifically really resonates with me as just a plant medicine that I'm really called to share and use in my personal practice is because it brings us back into our bodies. And there's a lot of plant medicines that will kind of bring you up into your upper chakras and you might be going into the quantum field and just blasting off. But this one is very much grounding and in body experience and as an earth mama and just full on like someone who honors this as a sacred temple and realizes how important it is to nourish ourselves from within, I think cacao really allows us to feel that and to drop into the present moment through smelling it and sitting with it and setting an intention because the energy that we're putting into the the foods that we eat or whatever we're consuming is what we're radiating externally as well. Yeah, so true. So you mentioned that you were in Kauai right now. Will you, yeah. um, you tell us just a little bit about the magic of the place of, that you're in? I've For sure. Before I've been watching all of her. I've been following her on Instagram and watching what she's been posting lately. And just um, even just seeing the land and seeing you on the land has had a very like grounding and like activating 
reaction in my own self. So (sighs) share with us where you are and about it. Yeah. So I am someone who um, has always kind of followed my intuition and these pulls and kind of a free spirit when it comes to traveling. And this is something that I actually get asked about because there's so many people, especially women in their 20s and 30s, who have this urge to travel and visit these energetic vortexes or really magical, activating places in the world. Um, but maybe they've never done it before or they feel held back. Um, and when I get a call to go somewhere, I'm just like, all right, let's go. And Kauai is one of those places that um, calls me very strongly. I feel a really deep connection to this island. And, um, you know, there are some people that live here like long term, but for me, it's more of a recharge because just being on the island and eating off the land and disconnecting from the dense city for a little bit is such an internal reflection for myself. And I think it's so important that we can find space wherever it is, even if it's not traveling to an island. I think it's so important that we can find space to drop into our own intuition and inner knowing because that's where we can find our true path and find the wholeness and completeness within ourselves. So for me, coming to this island has just been reactivating, receiving clarity and kind of how I want to continue living authentically and sharing my truth um, while also having fun and being here to live live joy and pleasure because that's also what we're here to do. You've been hiking barefoot. Yeah. <laughs> so powerful. Yeah. 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 I walk everywhere barefoot on this island and the mana, the life force energy just in this land is so strong and you just feel it. Everything is growing rapidly around you. There's papayas and bananas and pineapple just growing freely off the land. And it's such a small island too, specifically Kauai. You can drive around it in like an hour. So it's really small. You see similar faces wherever you go. And it just reminds us of the ancient wisdom of kind of village style living, what it means to know your neighbors and Um, know where you're getting your food from and connecting with the land. So important. Yeah, absolutely. So your company is called Moon Medicina. So, so we're calling this episode (laughs) cow and moon medicine. (laughs) So tell us about what that is and what the work that you're doing Mm -hmm. specifically with women. What is it? For sure. Moon Medicina is all-encompassing. It's our woman's connection and innate body wisdom in relation to the phases of the moon. And the name of the business itself, I think, says so much. Moon Medicina. It it connects us back to the natural rhythms and cycles of the earth and reminds us that we're all just reflections of each other and of our mother, of of the earth. So Um, cacao ceremonies is a big part of what I share in women's circles and cacao medicine is just the vehicle to share more. It brings us into a shared space, a shared energy for whatever needs to come through, whether that's talking about our cycles, which is another, another thing that I'm actually working on is writing a moon cycle ebook 
honoring the rhythms and phases of our moon cycle with recipes and nourishment and what to eat at different phases at each phase and also how to honor our body's need to rest and create because as women if we can tune into the rhythms of our of our innate body wisdom we can kind of most efficiently and effectively walk through and share and create as creators so moon medicina is all-encompassing it's women's embodiment it's tuning into our rhythms and cycles and it's really just a way to share and bring women together because wow we're all such powerhouses and it's so beautiful to to create these spaces for everyone to come together yes <laughs> tell us about uh the music because you were playing guitar and singing for um and you had mentioned that was a bit of a new path for you that's another thing that i that uh that i love when it happens in circle mm. is like activating the voice playing the mm. drum these are ancient practices just for humans in general right that like women used to do a lot and when we live in these uh cities and societies and just the way that we do now there's not a lot of movement there's a lot of people who do not dance do not move are afraid to hit the drum are afraid to let their voice free and so what yeah. was or what has been your journey with um kind of like discovering your voice and starting to mm. use your voice and play instrument in circle. Uh, yeah, I had an elder actually share with me that she said every woman should have their own medicine drum. It's a way for us to think yeah. think in with the heartbeat of the earth and share whatever's coming through. Um my journey with music is really recent and I actually really opened up and tapped into this after sitting with ayahuasca grandmother medicine and a lot of people actually share that as a common experience with that medicine um and it's just tapping into like the universal language of sound and it's kind of funny to me that we've lost this because it's such an innate human thing to share through sound and through music so for me i share music and I have opened up my voice channel through a process of yeah, opening up my chakras and and voice activations and honestly just like meditations and it was a process of letting go and feeling vulnerable. There were some blockages like from my heart to my throat to all the way up here and opening it up. It's been not only healing for me, but it's been a way to share in ceremony spaces in circles and bring everyone again into the same collective energy through sound and through music. Mhm. Um I I sing, I play guitar. Yeah. A very long time to be able to do that. I um I was noodling with my guitar a little bit, but um I didn't write any songs till I was about 29. So any of these ideas that I had about, you know, how I wanted to sing because I sang a lot just with my own self growing up but just never mm-hmm. in front of people. And that was a huge um which is a huge fear for me that when I started doing, you know, I just I started channeling these songs. I started hearing these songs in my dreams and I would wake mm-hmm. up and I I would really be like is this somebody else's song? Like I would play it for people and be like what is this because I'm hearing it. And wow. then at some point with it but very early on it was like I I had one and then all of a sudden I had three just within like a couple weeks period of time and I was 
so excited about them and so afraid that I was never going to write any more songs. I had this, like, I had girls around me that were performing and playing music. And I, I had a neighbor of mine who was like putting nights on, you know, at a local, at a local bar. And she was just like, why don't you come and play your songs? And as scary as all that was for me, I was just like, this is maybe the only time in my life I'm ever going to get to do this. So I just kind of went to do it. And um, it was just the scariest thing for me. I think it was the first time that allowed me really to get into my own fear and my own self-judgment. I mean, I could not open my eyes and look at people for like at least a year, if not longer. I couldn't. I mean, sometimes I would try and I would just get like so lost. Like I could not look at anyone else. I think my kneecaps were shaking like the first time that I was trying to perform this for people. And it was a struggle for years. It wasn't just like, oh, then now I'm doing it. No, it was like years. And I think I've been, you know, doing this maybe for like 10 or 11 years now, but it was something I wanted to do so badly, but it was, and you know, it's past life stuff. It's, you know, women really dealing with, um, when we had our con- tongues cut out before and we were shamed for speaking and um, having a mm. voice and being assertive and we have residual, mm. you know, from the witch wounding and also from mm. all of this, we have this residual in our genetic lines, like in our own memories of past lifetimes and all of that's coming at us from different ways where there really is a fear for releasing our own voice. Mm. And then this culture here in the U.S., I mean, it just has been women were shut down for so long. So it also makes sense. There's a lot of some people are afraid to sing. Some people are simply just afraid to speak their truth and getting sound in that area and using it and expanding it really helps to clear out the blockages that are there. So almost you might be really afraid here and it's never going to go away. Fear doesn't just go away. Like you actually have to move into this area. And this is why some of the work that we did in your circle with you and spirit, it was so powerful. We were making all kinds of weird sounds going from our lower chakras all the way up and back down again, making ugly sounds, um, screaming. And it just really just cleared out so much fear and in my entire body, not just here, but it's yeah. just- sound reverberating out and it's almost like it's one of our tools to be able to clear out fear and resistance in our body mm. so oming people who go to yoga mm. and then they get to om at the beginning at the end of class chanting um magicians who perform ritual where they're like um doing intonation in the beginning so like the lesser banishing of the uh, lbrp the lesser banishing ritual of the pentagram you're usually you're actually vibrating hebrew names of god and archangels and you're using these sounds that have been used by so many people for thousands of years over time to clear out your space and to clear out other vibrations that could be like negative that you don't want to be in your space but it also just clears out fear in your own body so wow mom does this thing similar as well you know you were saying it allows you to connect with your own heartbeat and that allows you to connect with the earth it's very grounding and you can use sound bowls and you can use drums to clear energy in your own body or to clear energy in space but we also have that ability in our own instrument to make 
sounds. And then also each of us, because our instruments are different, the sounds that come out of you are different than the sounds that come out of me. We can learn to match them, right? Mm -hmm. So we can be in harmony and sing together, but you have your own instrument that makes your own sounds that are the specific sounds that heal your specific vessel. Mm. Wow, there's so much here. And I, I love your wisdom on this. It, it really shows that, that, especially you said you had dreams of these songs coming through to you. Those messages, they were coming through you for you specifically to share. And I think whenever we can receive a message, whatever it looks like or however it comes through, and when we feel excitement and that feeling of just inner knowing, that's a sign for us to take it and kind of leap. And fear does come up, right? That's part of the human experience. But to surrender and sink into the discomfort or the fear and step into the unknown is where the growth comes, where the challenge comes, and also how we know we're on the right path. Oh. And yeah. <laughs> and um, when the voice activation is so powerful and spirit just, she just goes deep in it and she is so in her element when she kind of channels that in her light language and all the other sound instrumentals like gongs or didgeridoos or healing bowls, these sound baths and these healing spaces are part of this evolution in human consciousness and collective consciousness. And even just to sit in on one of these sound healing or participate in a circle is, is where I see kind of our consciousness expanding because it allows us to drop into a state of absolute presence and meditation and to just receive the codes that are embedded, ancient codes that are embedded within the different tones and the different energetic vibrations and to clear fear, but also to open up channels and to open up our chakras and to move energy through in whatever way feels good. Yeah, totally. You know, for, for someone who might not know, you know, there's, there's, we have the, our chakra system and there are tones and there are keys sounds that correlate with each one of those chakras. So for, for two different things, like you might be needing to clear some negative energy out of your shock, heart chakra, and you might also be needing to activate it or open it. And the sound can works for all of that, like all at once. Um, oh, there was something else I was thinking when you were saying that. So one of the ways that as a planet and as humans that we've been receiving codes have been because sound has been being sent to our planet. And that's also one of, the, mm. one of the ways of describing the crop circles is that it's actually a sound projection that causes those imprints, that causes mm. the, the plants in the field or you know, however it's going on for those things to lay down and the patterns that they lay down. It's actually specific to the sound that there is being projected on them. So we're receiving, and also like, what about all of the sounds that we can't like consciously hear? that are outside of our range. For example, like animals can hear like higher pitches that we can hear. It doesn't mean that we're not being affected by them though. Right. Hear them. So that is, um, that's super interesting. Yeah. And um, so incorporating these types of sound healings and guided experiences in women's circles, especially with cacao medicine, is a huge part of what I'm learning to share. And 
Um, actually, I'm hosting a women's embodiment retreat in September on Big Island. And there's, there's a September, or yeah, there's a Friday the 13th full moon during our retreat, um, which is, which is, you probably know some, some about the day of the goddess and kind of how it's been shifted in patriarchal times. Yes. Yeah. So about that for somebody who doesn't know. Yeah. Um, so Friday the 13th has been stigmatized as like a day to be superstitious and maybe bad luck, but actually, um, before, before like patriarchal times in the time of like the witchery it Friday the 13th was the day of the goddess. And it was when women were kind of honored and anointed and allowed to embody and tap into their intuition. And it's a really powerful energetic portal. Um, so we're hosting a full moon mushroom cacao ceremony, magic mushroom and cacao ceremony (laughs) on this day. And for the women attending this retreat, um, some have sat with this plant medicine, some have not, but we are holding it in a really safe container through sounds and through meditation and through just holding the container. So kind of trusting that the, the power to tap into these intuitive gifts comes through not only like consuming these medicines, but also facilitating through sound and guided meditation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the plants also are responding to sound. So yeah. plant, these different plants have their own consciousness. And when we bring them into our body, we experience their consciousness. So we experience their consciousness observing us. So it allows us to observe ourselves because we're being observed at the same time. And it also gives us the ability to like see through their consciousness. So that's why there's this, this experience of expansion because mm-hmm. we're, we're working with something that causes our body to vibrate at a different frequency. So whether mm-hmm. it's or whether it's cacao or whether it's the mushrooms or whether it's ayahuasca, we're ingesting a plant that mm-hmm. has its own consciousness and its own healing properties. And many of these, that's part of the way that they heal is that they communicate with our consciousness and give us different ways of looking at mm-hmm. things. Um, the cacao, especially with the sound, it just allows, <laughs> it, it's just, it really allows like some kind of expansive mm-hmm. sensation to be happening with the sound. Yeah. Yes. And I'd love to talk a little bit about intention with these plant medicines because you just you just shared that they all have a consciousness of their own. So with that being said, they can receive it's our intentions and it's kind of our interrelation and co-connection with these plant medicines when we can offer them with intentions and honor them with ceremony and with ritual because they receive and they listen and it's so important to invoke ritual and ceremony when, when I share any type of plant medicine and when I hold space for it, because one, it allows us to tune into what we want to receive. It's not just like we're consuming these for fun, right? It's, it's actually deep inner work. And sometimes we, we have to go into some sticky, uncomfortable places because they, they have messages for us that 
we might have been avoiding or have been distracted by the veil of illusion. And for me, these plant medicines lift the veil and, and we can come back to truth, simplicity, and love, like the most basic part of the human existence. So to set clear intentions um, with these medicines, I think is so important and it's well-received. And that's how we can we can honor ourselves and the plants. Yeah, true. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. I mean, just think about if we set intentions and honored our carrot juice. You know what I mean? <laughs> you can do it with anything. You yeah. can make a ritual out of anything. Yeah. Um, so that sounds powerful. That sounds like something that I would love to join you on. Um, you know, <laughs> island and just the energy. I've been in uh, Joshua Tree a lot lately. Um, I live in the city and I have loved all of the things that come along with living in the city for so long. And I have done a lot of traveling and spending a lot of time in Glastonbury, England and spending time in Oregon and the trees and all of that. But lately I've been called to you know, Joshua Tree and there's something, for those of us that live in the city, there's something just, it's, it's very unexpected. When you go out into nature, this like expansion that happens because we don't realize how controlled our energy is or how affected our energy is by living in the city and all of the cell phones and all of the computers and all of the cars and the TVs and then human energy and all of that that was surrounded by I'm currently living in an apartment. I live above people. I live next to people on the sides of me. There's crazy traffic that's driving down my street and it's just becoming so overwhelming. And my body, my spirit is wanting to be closer to nature so badly. Um, and I don't know if anybody else is experiencing that as well, but I'm, I'm experiencing that really intensely. And what is healing for all of this is going out and being closer to nature and being in a place mm -hmm. where I can see the land, where it's not just all of these buildings there. I mean, that was also what was so moving about you and your video about walking barefoot on the <laughs> island and hiking. So I had just done that in the desert and a friend and, a friend and I were on a long hike and she just kept being like, I really want to take off my shoes. And I'm just, and I'm like, I never take off my shoes. I'm like, let's do it. Let's take off our shoes. It looked like a relatively, fine area to be walking around barefoot and the pores on the bottoms of our feet are the largest. Mm. I know this mm. from working with essential oils. So people will tell you, you know, put these oils on the bottoms of your feet. Cool. And so you're, you also have chakras on the bottoms of your feet. And also if you think about it, we were meant, doesn't mean we can't change things, but like we were created to walk on our feet on the earth. And there's reasons mm. for that. There's minerals that we don't receive because we don't walk barefoot on the earth, grass, sand, etc. There's information literally from the earth. And our bodies are from the earth. Like we eat the earth. We eat plants. Mm -hmm. Our mother ate plants. So, you know, we have this skin and all of this that may seem like it's like not earth property, but we are entirely, other than the synthetic foods that people are eating, right? There's plastic and like all kinds of other weird stuff we are of the earth. And so to have our skin next to the earth, to have our bare feet on the earth. And then, you know, there's a whole other thing about like sleeping on the earth. That's why I was going to England every summer 
So literally I could sleep on the land. I could be mm -hmm. on those green and sometimes it would just be like so muddy, but you know, you're really just so in contact with the earth and it changes you and you become more aware of your own energy and your own purpose and you have all sorts of intuition that is going on because we are from the earth. So when we're so separate and we're always in shoes and we're always on cement, we're always in the car and we're always like in our apartment that's like three levels mm -hmm. up. It's why I've been doing moon circles here in the city. I live near Griffith Park so we can sit on the earth like at least once every two weeks. And even sometimes that's been me where I'm like, wow, I haven't been on the earth since, you know, two weeks ago when we did this. And it's just a powerful experience to oh, be yeah. with mother nature. And for those of you who do live in the city, I, I challenge you to go out to nature and remember to listen to your ears. You'll go out there and something will cause you to be like, oh my goodness, my ears are ringing so loud, just like you'd been to a concert, but you haven't, you've just been living in the city. And to realize that that's happening, like uh, someone else had to bring this to my attention when we were out there a couple weeks ago and she's like, oh wow, my ears. And I could literally almost measure that this like ringing sensation was happening, you know, what is that? Like clearing your field. Yes, and also, but also just like occupying all of it. So it's like, of course we have anxiety, of course we have stress, of course we have fear, of course we have indecision because we're not connected to our to the earth. As soon as you connect to the earth, it starts to clear ener that energy out. So doing these plant ceremonies, it's powerful because it's things that grow on the earth, they're of the earth, and it's grounding you and allowing you to then open up and receive messages for coming. Yeah, it's, it's like coming home. And I love this because we can tap into these states of presence and consciousness without consuming anything. It's as simple as going into nature. Sure. And um, I'm just coming to the end of my bleed, like just finishing. So I'm mm -hmm. in my pre-ovulation stage right now of my cycle. And a couple days ago, um, usually like day three or four is when I experience some cramping. It's not usually super intense, but there'll be like a couple hours just out of my whole cycle where I'm in pretty deep pain. And I was driving up Waimea Canyon, which is a, the canyon here on this island with a close sister. And I was driving and I was like in so much pain. And we were almost at this lookout spot where we were getting to. And as soon as we got there and parked the car, I literally got out and I just took off all my clothes and went and laid on this tree and in the earth. And I just was breathing with the earth and my, the cramps in my body were just immediately alleviated. And it felt like it was this, like I was just like holding and tension and uncomfortable, like driving in the car in the moment that I just allowed myself to relax and surrender into this like natural state, I was relieved. And that's a message for a lot of women who struggle with painful periods, because a lot of that pain is one, it could be your body just releasing toxins because that's what our period is. It's an opportunity each month for us to cleanse and purify and release what no longer serves. So that can be painful, but also sometimes it's just like you're unconsciously holding tension and the more you can sink into it, 
your body will just relax and easefully allow the flow to continue. We're not used to letting go. We're used to holding in and holding on. Yeah, especially in that womb space. Yes. Yes. That goes back to ancestral trauma. And now is the generation where we are breaking these patterns and really stepping into our embodiment. And that comes with owning our cycles and connecting with the earth and talking about it too in a really open way because it's so human. That is what is so powerful as well about red tent ceremonies. Mm. There's definitely, I've talked to other sisters that are, have like fear about going to one of those and it's like, well, I don't want, you know, are we going to all like look at each other's private areas? And it's like, you know, that's not what it's about. <laughs> and, um, you know, maybe we will all reference our, our cycle with each other about being like, oh, I have cramps or like, oh, I'm fat right now because I'm on my cycle. But it's not, the conversation is not really um well it's becoming that way because so many of us are talking about it and learning about it but there's less share about like what does it look like and that type of experience and what are you releasing and what are you aware of that you're releasing that you've gone through for this past month or this past cycle or you know there's specific foods that you can eat that Mm -hmm. help with energy and cramping and something that i want to do and I don't know how to do it, but something that I think that would be really amazing is to create this in work environments that women are totally allowed three days during their menstrual mm-hmm. cycle whenever it comes each month where they are mm-hmm. not going into work, where they are not on the computer, where they are not, they are able to like quiet time, sit in meditation, mm-hmm. read the messages that are coming and, um, you know, another thing when we're talking about the earth, and we've talked about this definitely on the podcast before, but giving your moon blood to the earth. You know, we know that there are animals that are in line with the earth, right? So the animal eats this fruit so that the animal's digestive system can digest it and then release it back into the earth. So <laughs> it's the same with the blood. It's the same, like we, all, all the other animals, like, you know, urinate and everything outside. And sometimes I'll be someplace outside and it's like, okay, wait, you're gonna, you're gonna pee out here, like on the sand or in the desert or on the tree. And it's just like, absolutely, absolutely I am. There's tons of nutrients and <laughs> of that that are inside of my body that is actually not meant for my body. It's actually meant for it to process through my body and then me to release it back to the earth. So another thing too it's like we eat all of this we ingest all of this and then we into the toilet like into the water into some system where it's gonna get you know cleaned and disinfected and all of that and it's like that's needs to happen too like we need to be able to be giving what it is that we're releasing back to the earth yeah giving it back to the earth and the first few days of our cycle, like you said, we should be taking for ourselves and resting. And, and if that means that you are at a job that doesn't allow you to do that, know that you can be self-empowered to call out of work those days. I went to um, at Envision Music Festival. It's a conscious festival in Costa Rica. They had a red tent where a lot of work, women's workshops were held. And this powerful woman who just talked all about just sacred sexuality and moon cycles, she very much was just like, if you are bleeding, 
take it, take the time for yourself and call out. Like you, you can, you can empower yourself to do that. And by taking that action, it's going to ripple the energy, um, and maybe change the system in, if we can own own it for ourselves and just speak up about it, it will it will change the system and just simply taking the self care and self love. And I want to go into giving our blood back to the earth because that also comes with collecting our blood and what products we're using to collect our blood. So I personally use a moon cup. It's I think I have the Luna cup, and there's all different different sizes and shapes. Um, but it's a, it's a cup that you can reuse each month instead of wasting with tampons or pads. And it's really easy to use and you collect your blood and you can do rituals with your blood. You can give it back to the earth. You can set prayers and intentions and releasing. There's so many different things. It's kind of whatever resonates with you, but it's a really powerful way to connect with your cycle. And an easy way to just consciously save waste and you know we don't want to be putting it down the drain or down the toilet that's it's our blood is so sacred and so nutrient rich and it's a waste if we're just putting it down the toilet please get a plant in your house if you don't have a plant get a plant in your house and you're gonna you know dilute it and give it to this plant and sometimes there's situations we all know you need to be wearing a tampon or whatever. Get them right. that don't have toxic ingredients in them, but you can soak that in water and then you can mm-hmm. water your plant with all of that. So, I mean, I save my blood and I write all my new moon intentions. Well, my food uh. moon intentions, I tend to be a full moon leader, but um, I use it for making intentions or writing whatever it is that I'm trying to like write or create with that energy. Um, I save it. I'll put it in the fridge. You do need, if you're going to save it or do any kind of artwork or anything with that, you either need to use it immediately mm-hmm. or you need to refrigerate it so that it's not growing mm-hmm. um, bacteria and all of that. And I, you can mm-hmm. freeze it. Um, but, you know, it shouldn't go down the drain and it shouldn't go down the toilet. And so if, you're, if, you're, if you've gone so far that you're even using a moon cup, that's great. That's so amazing. Don't just take it and like dump it in the toilet. Like take it outside. Right. You can yeah. cup with water. Nobody needs to know what you're doing. And just Yeah, and definitely dilute it a little bit with water if you're yeah. giving it to your plants because it can be intense for them. Um, yeah. You mentioned that you bleed with the full moon. Mm-hmm. And um, I'd love to just talk about this because um, each where, where you bleed in, in the phases of the moon is significant depending on the energies that are present at that time. I personally am bleeding with the new moon right now. So... Um, bleeding with the new moon is known to be a little bit more inwards of a bleed. And then when the full moon comes around, you're like creating and sharing outwardly. So whether that's hosting community or just sharing externally and being open where vice versa, if you're bleeding on the full moon, you have more of an outward kind of energy to you. And then the new moon is a time for you to retreat inwards. I definitely feel, well, then also that I'm ovulating at the new moon if I am bleeding at the full moon. So there's two different cycles to understand. There's your own personal mm-hmm. cycle to understand. It's really awesome if you journal every day 
to write down where you are on your cycle so that you know, because that's also relating to how you feel and how you're processing and how sensitive you are and how much energy you have and all that. Yeah. Understanding the energy that happens to all of us with the moon cycle is really helpful to be able to reflect on your own personal cycle and how those two relate. And so I can have a ton of energy at the new moon because I'm ovulating, but also I need to be aware that it is the new moon and it is a time where I can burn out and I can have less energy. And so Mm -hmm. um, it becomes really powerful for us to understand how our own personal energy works. I I have a lot of air energy. I'm very Vata and I can have like, you know, I'm very excitable. I have tons of energy and um, tons of optimism. And then I can just go and create, and then I can totally crash. And I can mm. crash for days or I can crash for weeks, just depending on how long I've been going and how, what, if I'm not like practicing grounding practices, um, which is again, like, you know, going yeah. on the earth. This is a really grounding practice for me. But um, knowing our own energy and knowing like as women, those cycles that we go through, there's four different parts of our bleed. And it's not just like week one, week two, week three, week four. Each of the different cycles has a different length of time. And if we honor those, we know how to work with our energy. We know how to plan when we wanna have events. We know when we wanna plan, okay, am I gonna be like in my full power trying to like take on this huge thing here? Or is that gonna like overwhelm me because by the time I'm there, I'm gonna be exhausted. And so I think all of this is part of just us honoring ourselves as women, which is not something that we've been taught, which is not something that has been part of like the general culture, not for a very, very, very long time. It hasn't been about honoring the woman. And, you know, so many women are like, I'm too sensitive. I need too much communication. I'm an over communicator. I'm, I'm high maintenance and all of these things. And like, no, you're not, you're just a woman. And the more that you can honor your own personal cycle, mm-hmm. you attend to your own mm-hmm. needs, then you can be what it is that you're wanting to be to offer others. But also like you can take care of all of that. So you can be aware of like what's happening with your cycle. It doesn't have to be like, oh my God, PMS and I'm totally out of control. Mm -hmm. It doesn't need to be like that. And you can actually take the time to honor that energy Mm -hmm. that might be seen as uncontrollable or Mm -hmm. bitchy or whatever, right? The negative Mm -hmm. ways that we've looked at all of this and be in your power about it and honor that mm-hmm. that is all happening for a reason. Like we are creatrixes. We mm-hmm. are this, we have a portal in our body and the bleed is part of that. So mm-hmm. how can you be using all the energy to like honor and create? And then when you do this and you share with your sisters, it gives the other women the freedom to do this as well. So going back to like circle, this is what happens in circle. Everybody go to a circle. If you have not been yeah. one, you know, for me, I kind yeah. of had to create my own. Um, there wasn't any around or I didn't yeah. have any that were around. And I'm like, I need this. I need this. Yeah. For myself. There's not a special way that it has to go. Just you call women together and it happens. Mm-hmm. So many people are just seeking that sister connection. And I love how you, you kind of related your cycle to your dosha, your Ayurvedic dosha, vata, air elements too. So to understand that it's all interconnected and 
and very unique for each person. So each phase of the cycle can represent one a season and two an element. So for example, our ovulation is happens in the summer and it's the element of fire. So we're like creating, we're outward, we're going. Whereas usually when we're bleeding, that's known as the winter time and the element is water. So we're more flowy and, and to honor and understand each phase and each element that's present and also relate it to your personal body type. For me, I'm kapha pitta. So I'm water, earth, and then fire and the least amount of air. So to know what foods I should be eating at each phase is going to look different for me than it is for you. Um, and that's why I'm really passionate about bringing this wisdom and sharing this for, and helping each woman figure it out. So it's something that I offer in my one-on-one moon cycle sessions, and I'll be sharing all of this information in the ebook that I'm writing too. So awesome. Thank you for writing that. I'm excited to see it for when it comes out. So, so tell us how we can find you, where all the places that you are. Um, let it, and we will put all that in the show notes, but just for everybody who's watching right now and listening on the podcast. This is yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Instagram is the best place I share all the events, all the retreats. Um, my Instagram is lila.natalie. L-I-L-A dot N-A-T-T-A-L-I-E. Um, my website is moonmedicina.com. And yeah, those are the two places where I share everything and also Facebook page Moon Medicina as well. We'll tag that here in the video. So thank you so much. Thank you for coming here and having this conversation and sharing the work that you're doing. Um, I totally honor you and loved being in your circle. I hope to come and experience Hawaii with you one of these times if it doesn't happen in September. Um, this is such important work that we're all doing and so important to share. And when you have that, when that ebook is done, you let me know and we'll help get it. Oh yeah. I'll send you, I'll send you a copy. Yeah. So awesome. So Blessed be, sister. So much love. Thank you so much, Jamie. It was so fun talking and sharing. You're welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. Please visit jamieblack.com where you can sign up for the newsletter and receive free music, learn about upcoming retreats. And if you'd like to send me a message, that's the best place to do it. Thank you so much for joining us. Blessed be.